Welcome to Church Ahead, the weekly Christian podcast talking about big questions facing the future of church with Rev L all the way from the north of England. Episode 57, Different. How different is church talk now from a generation ago? In the 1990s, I used to read the Church Times every week. As an Anglican curate, I loved the news, gossip and opinions about the wider church. And of course, best of all was the letters page with the grumpy vicars sounding off their pet concerns about the biggest issues facing the kingdom of God, such as assigning funeral fees to the diocese and whether the digital organ could ever be as good as the pipe version. I stopped reading this gem of ecclesiastical journalism in the late 90s and I didn't open up the physical paper again for about 25 years. And when I renewed my subscription, after a quarter of a century, I was fascinated by the difference. In so many ways, it's just the same. Same adverts for clergy lease cars and insurance. Same jumble of job ads now demanding ever higher personal qualities for responsibility of ever more parish units. Same thoughtful poetry and arts features. Same Andrew Brown giving the same sarky commentary on church in the media. Same news stories about how the wider news affects church, such as violent winter storms hits church tower. Churches struggle to afford their heating. But the one really big difference is just how much politics there is. Clearly church people think that politics is much more central to church life than they used to. I've got in my hands the Church Times for the 11th of November 2022. Coincidentally 30 years after the General Synod decision to ordain women which of course dominated church media for many years. Now there's still plenty of church politics with a small p, but what we're looking for today is politics with a capital P. So in this edition of the Church Times, on the front page, the picture is of the COP climate conference. Page two, investors up the ante on deforestation. Page three, Climate reparations. Okay, pages four and five are more churchy type of content. Page six, food banks struggling. Poverty safety net is torn. MPs quizzed on the cost of living crisis. Page nine, no surprise over NHS strike, says Malali, Bishop of London. Page 11, Brian Stevenson gives a talk at St Martin's in the Fields. I quote, We've got to get closer to people who are suffering injustice and inequality. Which gives us the two key buzzwords. What are we against? Inequality and injustice. There's a lot more about those things in the Church Times today and their positives, justice and equality. The Church has changed. Somehow, over the past quarter century, church has become a more political campaigning organisation. 
Now, did you notice what the MPs were quizzed about? The cost of living crisis. That's a phrase I've heard many times in church intercessions alongside climate crisis and mental health crisis, housing crisis and many other crises. But is crisis a good word to use so much? My favourite Financial Times anthropologist has picked up on this. In April 2023, Gillian Tett writes about even the traditionally very sober-speaking International Monetary Fund that used to use terms like price growth and inflation has now started using the more emotive term cost of living crisis. A linguistic shift, she thinks, speaks volumes. It reflects Christine Lagarde's mission for the IMF not just to describe the world with cold numbers, but change it and change it in areas which used to be thought of as none of their business, such as women's rights and health care. The boundaries are slowly shifting as economics becomes more politicised and redistribution is now central. She predicts we're going to hear less technocratic economic jargon and more emotive phrases like the cost of living crisis. And so when I, Revel, read that article, what do you think it reminded me of? Yes, I think the same is happening in church. We're taking on the language of crisis. And so straight away my theological hackles are up for a fight because I see church losing its role in bringing the calming perspective of God into our lives. Yes, sometimes we need to be galvanised into action, where we can do something. But so many things are beyond our control, other than our own sense of our own lives in this world, which is within our control, and which church has a good record of helping us with. When I was a young man, I thought I was poor because I started mixing with people who I could see had much more than me. But my Christian faith encouraged me to be grateful for what I'd got and to look the other way for comparison, to pay more attention to people with less. My church life made me acutely aware that many people on this planet are far worse off than me. It gave me a sense of perspective. And as I gained wealth, my faith encouraged me to be grateful. I wonder how helpful it is for young people in a wealthy, stable country to hear the grown-ups talk about crisis, crisis, crisis all the time. Over the voice of Jim Callaghan, Labour Prime Minister during the winter of discontent, 1978-79, to when he was supposed to have said about the rubbish uncollected lying in bags on the street and the dead unburied for several weeks whilst he was on a three-week holiday in the Caribbean. Crisis? What crisis? Of course, the truth is he never said any such thing. That was just a Sun tabloid sub-editor characterising his attitude. But it stuck, probably unfairly, although nothing like as unfair as the way our next Prime Minister's words were misused to suggest she doesn't have any concept of society. 
Let's take a minute to look at the commercial world. There was a time when companies simply offered goods and services. But over the past decade or so, many of them are much more vocal about their purpose and the causes they support. Ben and Jerry's is an American ice cream company. In the 1970s, they saw their purpose as making ice cream. In this century, they got into the fair trade accreditation. And then in 2011, they supported the Occupy movement and several other high profile campaigns related to what they see as social justice. It's as though simply making decent ice cream would not get you very far anymore. A commercial company has to voice its support for campaigns that once would have been seen nothing to do with their core activity. A similar thing is going on with charities. Oxfam lobbying for what they call tax justice. Christian Aid's programme to address the problem of patriarchy. Doesn't go down very well with this patriarch. These are organisations with a long track record of serving the very poorest. But they speak a much more politically divisive language these days. So what about the church? I think the Christian church is under the same pressure. Merely serving up good religion would not cut it anymore. To growing numbers of Christians, church has to join the fight in the key issues of the day to be worth anything. There is an age dimension here. When I was a young man, I found my church frustratingly apolitical and otherworldly. I would have loved to see my church going into battle along something like the Occupy Wall Street movement, for instance. So I can understand why some Christians see this not as a church losing its focus, but as a church rediscovering its prophetic calling. When I read the Church Times today and I see how political the Church of England has become, I have a couple of concerns. First of all, where is the debate? When I was a student, we used to argue all the time about politics and religion, every day, every night, and there would always be a range of views. Religious conservatives versus religious liberals, political lefties like me then, and the right wing who supported the conservatives. My friend Ian Douthwaite was the voice of a plastic gnome-making Leeds family business who always had a good argument in favour of the free market to people like me who wanted the state to fix the economy. I learned a lot from him. And Philip Booth, the true blue Tory who wanted to see schools shaken up by giving parents education vouchers, there was always a debate. Most of us were Christians, but we didn't see the political application of our faith in exactly the same way. When I read the Church Times today, I just don't see much political debate. There's still plenty of disagreement about church finance, but on the big political issues of the day, there seems to be just a left-wing consensus. I just can't find any right of centre voices. It's as though one side of the tug of war have just dropped the rope and gone away. 
The Church of England was known as the Tory party at prayer. Not anymore. They are the Labour, Lib Dems and Green party at prayer. Not a Tory in sight. Unless we need a bogeyman to personify the unchristian response. There's very little debate and a lot of moral certainty that left-wing solutions work. The Church of England feels to me more like a trenchant political movement rather than the patchwork of political positions it used to be. The church leaders all seem to be so certain. I really feel like a half-hearted, dabbling doubter in the 21st century church. It seems to me that I can go to theologically conservative churches where the entry price is I've got to believe five impossible things before breakfast, or left-wing campaigning churches, where I have to be sure about whatever the latest crusade is. I've got to be sure capitalism is evil. All migrants are genuine refugees fleeing for their lives, and paying higher tax is the highest calling of any human being. But these churches are far too certain for me. I don't want to choose between religious fundamentalism and political fundamentalism. Secondly, I just can't help wondering, is the cart now in front of the horse? Yes, I understand that many Christians think the political boldness in the church is the church finding its true vocation. Political reading of the Gospels are not new. Some see Jesus as much more concerned with the government of this world in general and the loss of the poor in particular, leaving behind the older, more otherworldly view of Jesus. But I think this approach suffers from the same hermeneutical problem as traditional religion, projecting back into onto Jesus what we think and say today, as though Jesus would sound like a slightly more Jewish version of Jeremy Corbyn. Yes, it does feel to me as though the cart is in front of the horse. I would rather have the company who makes my ice cream concentrate on making their product rather than telling me what to think about Palestine, even though I happen to agree with them on that issue. I would rather my church serves up good religion rather than simplistic solutions to the world's economic problems. The Christian church was something in itself. Its beliefs were spiritual with some pretty strong clues about concrete application in the wider world. But it often feels to me as though church has hollowed out its own content and so has to jump onto other bandwagons to find something to believe in. It feels to me like an answer to the question, what do religious people do when they no longer believe their religion? When I flick through the Church Times today, it feels to me as though Church is a campaigning political group that adds on a few prayers, rather than a spiritual community with deep roots, changing the world from the inside out, in every part of life, including the political. The current archbishops of the Church of England have got three words for what they want to see the Church become during this decade. They want it to be simpler, 
humbler and bolder. Let's take those three words. Simpler, that's great. But I think they're on the wrong track with humbler and bolder. It seems to me bolder in the Church of England often means bolshier and more definitely wrong and more contemptuous in disregarding the views of your members. I would like to see a church which is bolder in the sense of believing it has something distinctive in itself to offer. And humbler, yes, but where is the intellectual humility in this campaigning political church? Here is the mission I would like to see church go for with greater, bigger, better boldness. Calming down a world going mad. Thank you for listening to episode 57. We talked today about difference. I think next week we need to look at why the bishops are all the same. Just why is there such conformity in the political pronouncements coming from the top of church?